0: them
1: open, but I'd have them closed. Six, Colour. We're here. Yeah. We are here. Incredible. Doesn't time fly after, what, only two weeks ago we were talking about the, the dominic comings and goings yes. of life in the...
2: Life in the slow lane. Yeah. Life in the slow lane. Yes, we were, and yet in just two weeks... Um, it's just
1: two weeks we've we've had another um yeah unfortunate incident that's caused protests all over the place a
2: wave yes mm. i know and one of uh, well one of the things we're going to cover this podcast is the um the the BLM demonstration in support of George Floyd the man who was murdered by police in Minneapolis and um And it will feature a speech from a local campaigner. We've also got the results of the the, uh, trash can lockdown five-day film challenge. Uh, There's a talk from some year 11 students about how lockdown has affected Mm. their lives. Um, And we also have a report on the pesticides used in our street cleaning. Um, Some of them a little bit alarming. Um, plus uh, Caroline Russell of the Friends of Hastings Country Park mm-hmm. Nature Reserve um, shares what's going on in her back garden.
1: I'm intrigued. I also get to speak to Rosanna Leal, uh, the founder of Hastings Refugee Buddy Project, and speak to her about uh, the, uh, the Refugee Week and uh, what's happening around town there and find out a little bit more about the Town a Book Festival and find out what events they've got happening as the uh, the town starts to open up again. And what's on the music side, Colin? Who have we got?
2: Oh, well, we've got a track from um, Pete Kirtley's uh, CD, Bush Telegraph, which oh, features early. the very lovely Leanne Carroll. And that's called Don't Throw This Love Away. Yep. And we've also got a track by... Uh, another Hastings favourite, the Belgian piano player, Julia Deneve.
1: So, two fantastic pianists this, this episode. Brilliant.
2: P- pianists. 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 <laughs> <laughs> uh, I,
1: and I guess we should start with uh, the, uh, the general news.
2: Well, what a good idea. Here is the news. Here's the news.
1: So on a national level, uh, lockdown regulations were further relaxed from Monday the 1st of June throughout England. Now up to six people from different households can get together outdoors and picnics, barbecues and sporting activities will be allowed in public spaces and private gardens, all subject to the two metre distancing. Uh, Prime Minister Johnson has claimed that all five tests required to move to the next phase of the lockdown have been met and quoted, the changes that we have made are limited and cautious. Hastings Councillor Kim Ford gave an opposing view and stated, uh, like other councils, we were not consulted about this or previous easing of the lockdown measures announced by government that impact on our town. Our position is driven by uh, putting residents' safety first. We've said that this before, and I will say it again. At the end of all of this, it will be impossible to know if we overreacted, if we were too cautious. But it will be obvious if we weren't cautious enough. She stated, uh, "You can read the uh, the leading." news article called Life's a Beach at hastingsindependentpress.co.uk for more information on this story.
2: Well, you've got a good nose for a story, John. Don't call me big nose. Uh, Hastings Borough Council, in its campaign to keep residents at home and visitors away, mm-hmm. has gone on the offensive <sighs> with a series of advertising slogans posted on Facebook and Twitter. Really? The tagline next to a picture of kids in the swan-designed pedalos at the amusement park... Says, no swanning around here. Clever. No more butts is the headline for the warning. Do not use our public spaces as toilets while the public toilets are closed. The closures, however, have not gone unchallenged. I bet. A backlash, no pun intended.
1: None taken. uh, Of literally
2: literally hundreds hundreds of of online online responses, responses. uh, the majority of which are critical of the council's policy, have been posted. Many point out that a measure supposedly taken to preserve health brings much more immediate health risks, not only from the uncontrolled proliferation of urine and excrement, but from lack of facilities to wash hands and so avoid viral transmission. The Council has had no democratic debate on their stance on this, or anything else, since March. There will, however, be a cabinet meeting on Monday at which Conservative opposition councillors can be expected to raise a stink.
1: No pun intended? Pun? Never mind.
2: In the meantime, the defenders of the closure are unapologetic. In response to a query from HIP as to whether the No More Buts slogan might be a spoof, a council spokesperson confirmed last Friday that, on the contrary, it presents the council's current policy. The decision to keep toilets and our other amenities closed is to protect residents' safety. It has been well publicised that the town has one of the lowest infection rates in England, and we want to keep it that way. Opening the toilets would also mean drawing away our limited cleansing resource from essential services like the crematorium and the street cleaning operation.
1: On the 18th of May... East Sussex County Council issued a press release declaring that East Sussex Highways, uh, the agency responsible for upkeep of the county's roads, have been putting out all the stops to keep the county's roads in tip-top condition during the coronavirus lockdown, they stated. And they gave a flurry of statistics. Um, They quoted, taking advantage of lower than normal traffic levels, um, ESH workers have worked flat out to fill more than 6,000 potholes since uh, lockdown was declared March the 23rd. Uh, meanwhile, crews have repaired 185 pavements, repaired or replaced 113 signs uh, and 73 items of street furniture, a partridge in a pear tree, cleared uh, (laughs) 581 drains and repaired 1,073 street lighting faults, they stated. However...
2: Blimey, that's a a list. That is a bit of a list, isn't it? However,
1: as any driver, motorist, cyclist or pedestrian negotiating, the streets of Hastings can readily test neither hastings or st leonard's are benefiting noticeably uh, from this supposed surge in activity uh, the the number and severity of potholes uh, increased exponentially during the wet winter uh, most remain at large with uh, warrior square pevensey road battle road and parts of the ridge particular hotspots. however Details of forthcoming roadworks can be seen on the East Sussex Highways website and details of current potholes can be seen by looking out of your window. You can read the, uh, the full story of Potholes What Potholes on, again, the Hastings Independent website at your leisure.
2: Well, well done, Hastings, for this though the uh, Black Lives Matter gathering that took place in Alexandra Park on Sunday the 7th, um, where it was estimated that well over 1,000 people turned up to raise awareness and support for the BLM cause following the tragic murder of George Floyd. Many within the community were concerned that COVID guidelines would not be met Mm. and attendees would be put at risk. However, the protest was well organised. People separated two metres apart. They wore masks and gloves. And, uh, and they wiped the microphone after each use. They organised it so well that they had an area to sit in. And when they left, they did so in rows so that they didn't all rush out at once. A very well organised event. And um, people of Hastings should be proud.
1: Absolutely. And
2: this is one heartfelt speech by Amy, a young campaigner, on the day.
3: It's so great to see these young artists from our town come in here to speak. Amy and Georgia... Come and tell them them why we're so proud of our residents. We are proud to be part of Hastings. How are you all doing? Thank you so much for coming today. And I can't tell you how much it means to see everyone gathering for the movement Black Lives Matter. You standing up today means that you are here because you want to see the end of racism. I grew up in Essex which struggles to accept diversity and I have encountered a lot of racism there myself, especially when I went to secondary school. That was my rude awakening. Being the only black girl with white children that hadn't been educated on the matter and picked up racist slurs from their parents was more than challenging for the first few years. We are not born ignorant. We are not born racist. It is taught. And they were taught to listen and dance to our music, to be influenced by our fashion and trends, to accept us winning medals in athletics and sports, to get treated by us in the NHS but not to enjoy us as people. The very people who have contributed so much for so long to this country as a multicultural society. It's the 21st century, and we are still having this conversation, which essentially boils down to one thing, skin pigment. It's absolutely absurd and it's ridiculous. It sickens me to my stomach to see what's going on today. To watch some videos of innocent men and women being murdered by the very establishment that's supposed to protect them. That's supposed to protect us. Enough is enough. This is the movement we stand together for real change. We are uncovering the modern day truth about our reality and it's a bitter pill to swallow. But we must face it together so we can make sure the next generation does better. Seeing people coming together gives me hope again. We have a chance to unite and eradicate racial injustice we need to ensure this by re-educating ourselves then pass that on to our children all children deserve the same opportunity and to see their own reflection in society in society they need to know the whole truth about our history and that it didn't just start with slavery there was a history before that they need to teach them how the treatment of black people by this country during them times was unacceptable and vulgar and that it still exists today for this change we need to be actively anti-racist in our day-to-day lives we need to feel ourselves with the right knowledge and pass it on to our friends and family who may not get why this movement is so important. We need to call out racism when we see it, how we see it, and make sure we affect our areas of work. You can donate, you can protest in person or online. And most of all, we need to accept and love each other for our differences because when it comes down to it, there is only one race, and that's the human race. (laughs) This is not a black and white issue. It is a human rights issue. It's us against the fascists and racists. Thank you so much for joining this cause, please don't stop until we have justice, it's going to take so much work, probably our entire lifetimes, but we have to do better for the next generation, but thank you for showing your support today, it means so much guys, love to all, and keep spreading
4: the message.
1: Wow, well, that was a beautiful speech there by Amy, um, a local uh, Black Lives Matter campaigner, um, a very young campaigner giving a very heartfelt message there. Um, and Colin, I believe we've got some, uh, our first piece of music here by Ilya Dinev. <laughs>
5: Since you ain't been around, I've done a river of crying. Since you ain't been around, you know I just felt like dying. Like the leaves on the trees I'm falling. Please, tell me you're coming home. Since you ain't been around I ain't been my old sweet self Since you ain't been around There's no sugar on the shelf Oh, like a motherless baby, I'm born Please, tell me you're coming home And my heart's in jail I've been framed by my love And I, I can't get there I got a cast, I, an alibi oh, As a matter of fact So if you're true with my heart, babe unable to die Since you ain't been around I've been on the decline Well now I'm down on my knees crawling Oh please Tell me you're coming home Since you ain't been around Much room in my bed Since you ain't been around no the Sunday paper don't get rid like the hell
1: Was a beautiful piece of music there by Ilya Deneve. And uh, Colin, I believe you got the final results from the Trash Can Lockdown Film Challenge 2020.
2: Yes, we've got the results of the Trash Can Lockdown Film Challenge 2020. The results came in as follows. The winners of the magnificent Lee Dyer Trophy were the children of Fairview Primary School with their film Computer Science In second place was Bingo Squirrel and the Third Spoon, brilliant film by Lee Shine. And third came Oops by the magnificently named Ingvild Syntropia. Uh, The standard was exceptionally high throughout, um, but my favourites would have to include Duck Luster featuring Phil Little's Children's (laughs) Entertainer, uh, the epic Not Now John by John Klube, and the Oddball Apples and Pears. Uh, The organisers acknowledge that there were teething problems with this first lockdown version of the challenge and that some contestants were, with some grounds, unhappy with the voting system. This will be addressed in future and a new challenge will be announced shortly. And uh, don't forget, you can still go and watch all of the films individually and decide for yourself, although voting has closed. You can go to Isolation Station Facebook page and
1: click on the link. Colin, you say you've got a piece there about um, how the lockdown has affected some people. The pandemic has hit one group of people, perhaps hardest of all.
2: Year 11 pupils were just about to gear themselves up for the hard slog of revising for the final exams, only to be told it's all suddenly over. They won't be taking exams and their grades will be based on mocks and other evidence. And what about all these end of school rituals like saying goodbye to friends and teachers and the end of year prom? Phoebe, Harvey and Eva, all year 11 students from local schools, shared their thoughts, starting with Phoebe, who explains the impact of the lockdown.
6: In some ways the pandemic and the lockdown has had like a positive effect so I think we've all definitely learned not to take things for granted um, and really like started cherishing things that we have and like friends and going out Um, but I also think that it's been really really hard on like the year 11's especially not being able to have a proper goodbye and just finishing school really abruptly
7: What I've missed most about leaving year 11 properly is the satisfaction of putting your pen down on your last exam paper and knowing that you don't have to do any more.
8: We got a two-day notice to say goodbye to our classmates, our teachers and the school. Whilst I believe that shutting down the schools was necessary, and honestly, we should have done it earlier, I don't really think we got the closure that we needed to really let go of that part of our lives, like, to move on. I don't really know what's happening in september i'm pretty sure i got into college
6: but um the email is like a little bit unclear and obviously didn't want to have open days, so when we go in september i don't actually know like what i'm doing or where to go or like how college works at all
7: i am happy that we didn't set our exams because the virus would have spread a lot more but i kind of wish we'd experienced it as the relief at the end would have been great and it would have challenged us mentally as well
8: i'm a bit frustrated that i'm not sitting my exams to be honest because like from the beginning we were told that these exams are like very important and serious and you've got to study hard for them and they're you know really important um and now we're not even doing them finishing my
6: exams was like kind of upsetting um it was something
8: that like i worked really really hard towards but i think the
6: arrangements that were put in place are like a good um but it's not, it's like satisfactory to not do the full thing.
7: Getting calculated grades is probably the best idea that we could have got. Sitting exams at the end of the year, I think it's a really good idea to prove yourself if you hadn't got the right grades that you wished you would get.
8: I I do feel like I was, I've been given enough support to start my course in September, but I don't feel like that's been coming from my secondary school um, or even the college that I'm going to rather it's coming from my family you know they've been holding me accountable making sure I don't spend my days doing you know absolutely nothing like I'm staying on top of things and keeping my mind active
6: I'll probably miss not like seeing my friends and obviously not having a final leavers as assembly but mostly I'll probably miss um, my teachers so I didn't get say bye to all of them because some of them had to leave when coronavirus started
7: Personally, I think the pandemic has affected our generation of Year 11s negatively, as us Year 11s won't know how to revise to the best of our ability. In the A-levels, obviously, we will learn that, but it won't be known in our head already. We won't already have our knowledge to help us through A-levels. We'll have to learn, and it'll be a struggle, but it'll be a mental game.
8: I'd say the pandemic has proved how much we value our connections with our loved ones and our friends, as well as proving how, you know, pragmatic and sensible we are. I mean, we're incredibly socially aware, I think more so than any other generation. And it how we've tackled lockdown has really proved it. But sort of like on the same note, it's proved how much we really need and rely on each other. And since we've been separated for the past these past few months, those that come from bad homes and have found school to be their escape have really suffered. I think that being forced to stay in, like, such a toxic home environment, along with the separation from the people that make you feel, you know, comfortable and safe, has been really damaging for those people.
1: So that was Eva there, um, ending with what I thought was a really thoughtful comment about those for whom school counters the effect of a less than positive home environment. Um, thank you all, all three of you, and, uh, and best wishes for your next steps. Now, uh, Colin, um, I believe you've got some, uh, some local news about the uh, unfortunate usage of pesticides.
2: Oh Well, John, in podcast five, I had meant to include an interview with Julia Hilton, who's the coordinator of Hastings and Rye Green Party. That's right. Regarding the use of powerful pesticides on the verges of our public roads. Mm-hmm. Pesticides aren't just used in agriculture. A wide range of different pesticides, including insecticides, herbicides, fungicides and rodenticides, are used in our towns and cities. In fact, other than residues in food, the most common way for the majority of people in the UK to be exposed to pesticides is through spending time in urban public areas. Interesting. (coughs) Now local councils are the main users. Spring pesticides in parks playgrounds and other green spaces road verges cemeteries pavements and around council houses Mm. however there are also many others that use pesticides including university campuses car parks hospitals private housing developments shopping centers and schools in most uk towns and cities it's currently impossible to avoid exposure to pesticides However, a growing number of places around the world have already gone pesticide-free on approving that it can be done. Uh, A petition was started by Hastings Green Party, which up to last week had gained 920 signatures, expressing concern about the unnecessary use of potentially dangerous pesticides in our public spaces. Councillor David Elkin, Chair of East Sussex County Council, and Councillor Mayor Evans Hastings Council Cabinet Member for Climate Change and Biodiversity said in their foreword to the petition, urban pesticides are unnecessary and should be banned immediately in order to protect human health and the Mm -hmm. environment. We demand that the use of glyphosate along Hastings pavements, roadsides and green spaces is banned. Mm -hmm. We call on East Sussex County Council to immediately stop using glyphosates in these areas and ask Hastings Borough Council To commit to banning the use of pesticides in our town's green spaces and put pressure on ESCC to stop its use on pavements and roads.
1: What's the main problem with glyphosate Colin?
2: Glyphosate is a danger to human and animal health and the current method of spraying from a mini tractor is in any case ineffective against persistent weeds. Mm -hmm. Any removal of weeds should be delayed until after flowering so insects can benefit from the flowers The Pesticides Action Network states that over 40 councils have banned the use of glyphosates. Mm. It's time for ESCC to follow suit. At the same time, both councils should make a commitment to the No Mo May campaign conducted by Plant Life to enhance the biodiversity of our roadside verges, except for areas where visibility is essential, at, for example, road junctions. Glyphosates have been implicated in the decline of insect and animal species for some time now. The Pesticides Action Network says 40 councils have already taken some action towards banning pesticides. Lewis District Council, for instance, has already banned use of glyphosate, and their contractor is using a hot foam system. Mm -hmm. Curiously, on their website, eastsussexhighways.com claim that they use a herbicide nationally approved as safe for use, Mm. which is applied at a ratio of 5% herbicide to water. It's also approved for use near watercourses. We wonder which body approves this mm. nationally, John. And, uh, and so the controversy rumbles on, and yeah. I hope to be able to speak to Julia on the next podcast.
1: would mm. be interested to hear more. Now, Colin, you may remember in Hipcast episode one, the first uh, episode we ever did, we had an interview with Erica Smith, who was involved in the uh, A Town Explores a Book Festival. Well, we've just had a press release in from the hashtag A-Town Explores a Book 20 Festival, which has just gone right the way through uh, pandemic lockdown. And as now non-essential shops gear up to reopen, um, the festival Outdoor Art gets closer to going out. Um, there are some fun projects online this week, this week meaning um, from uh, today, the 8th of June. Um, inspired by HG Wells The Time Machine Uh, (laughs) Smell, Home and Imaginary Worlds are the particular focuses at the moment Um, Festival Partner uh, Pass Muster Tradings Online Project Hashtag Home with HG Wells invites visual contributions of what home is to you. So um, there are some lovely cosy contributions up on the uh, social media channels already. Uh, The shop Seaside Paws is running the fab uh, hashtag Wells Smells project uh, celebrating uh, noses and smells on social media. They were asking, why do we not feel so comfortable about photographing our noses when smiles and eyes are so popular? Very good question. We're, they've also got a restaurant, which is currently, of course, a takeaway, Mama Putz. Um They're hosting vivid imaginary worlds collages by artist Rachel Lever in the window. Uh, what are your childhood recollections of invented worlds, they're asking. Um, all the information on the What's On page at townexploresabook.com and the festival's social media channels. Uh, They're looking forward to receiving contributions to these lively social media interactive uh, projects that demonstrate just what a creative quarter St Leonard's is. And ain't that true? Uh, With non-essential shops opening in the week of the 15th of June, the festival will come back Onto the streets and outdoors on Thursday the 18th of June and more news will be in the next issue of Hastings independent oh well
2: that's really good to hear because as an as an annual event mm-hmm. uh, I think town
1: explores books one of the one of the better new ones absolutely and uh, Hastings independent is very proud to be seen to sponsor it um, and speaking of events um, the uh, the refugee week is coming up very soon and as many people might know rosanna leal is the uh, founder and director of hastings refugee buddy project in st leonard's on sea i thought i'd give rosanna a quick call to find out a little bit more about how they are going to be celebrating it and the events that are happening so i'll give her a quick buzz now Hi Rosanna, it's John here from Hastings Independent. How are you? I'm good, thank you. Good, good. Um, how are you doing in, in these strange times? Did you manage to get yourself down to the um, the Rally Against Racism? Oh yes, that was brilliant. I managed
0: to, me and my other half went on right. their Sunday. Brilliant. Yeah, it was a really brilliant event. So many young
1: people, so many people there. Yep. Um, It looked incredible and it was so well managed as well. That's the one thing that was really coming out of it, I think. It was really well managed. I think the people who put it together uh, were in close consultation with the local police and they made sure everyone was safe. Yeah. Definitely, definitely. Now, um, uh, many will know you as the, well, many will know you as either a local freelance creative director, an ops manager, the, the, the founder of Hastings Refugee Buddy Project, events coordinator for the Heart of Hastings Community Land Trust, there's so many um, strings to your bow there. Uh, But focusing, if we may today, on the Hastings Refugee Project, uh, the Buddy Project, of course, it's, as I say, Refugee Week from the 15th to the 21st of June. Uh, And uh, if you could just uh, tell our listeners a little bit more about um, how the, uh, the Hastings Refugee Buddy Project is getting involved with that and what events are happening.
0: Where refugees often take part in it as well and, and lead on some on de- delivering some, some fantastic events. Um, and it's a, it's a week where we want to create awareness about refugee, issues, about the refugee plight, about why somebody would, would seek refuge. Mm. Um, so it's a really important event nationally for everybody. Um, so we've got a whole load of, of events happening, mainly online, uh, that we're inviting people to get involved in, and they go from uh, we're going to be sharing links, which are made by either people who um, have a refugee background or films exploring the issues of, ref- of, of refuge. Um, we are going to be inviting people to join in um and help us make a giant patchwork that we're
1: making as part of a project called stitch for change yeah pandemic patchwork stories so we're inviting
0: whether you are know anything about sewing or not get involved create um, a square uh 11 by 11 um inches or seven by seven inches mm-hmm. and and uh, so in this square how you've been feeling during lockdown um it's already some of the peop- the stuff that people are sending in are fantastic um you know messages to uh the people working in the front line so messages of solidarity to pe- to the people working on the front line to the nhs to just generally how people are feeling under lockdown. So it's a mixture of, of anxiety, uh, a mixture of some people are quite relaxed during uh, lockdown uh, and a mixture of, of, of missing their loved ones. Sure. So we are creating almost this shared community narrative of, of Hastings and we're inviting everybody to take part in that uh, during Refugee Week. Um, We will also be taking part in festival by the lake which will also happen online Mm -hmm. on isolation stations, we'll be broadcasting that which is on the Sunday. There'll be more information coming out on that quite soon. Um, What else are we doing? We're going to be singing, we're going to be reciting poetry, we're going to be sharing our favourite Syrian recipes online. Uh, and you'll be meeting some of the the, the, the Syrian people who are, are, have arrived in the last few
1: years who will be sharing some of these recipes with you online. Wow, well, well this lockdown hasn't kind of affected you much. <laughs> it's quite weird, actually. We we were pretty much, we went on online pretty much the day after
0: lockdown. Yep. And um, when I first set up the project, I did set it up to be online mainly because I never thought, we would have, you know, space to meet in and so on. So we are all, we were already online. Yep. Um, and then most of the uh, people who we work with, the refugees we work with, they were going online, they were going on Zoom anyway because most of them are learning English. Mm-hmm. So the local college was basically setting everybody up on Zoom. Right. So, uh, you know, we were able to kind of continue to maintain that that um, much-needed one-to-one
1: contact with, with the people who are seeking refuge in this area. Right. Tell me, are, are you still doing the hashtag uh, Refugees Welcome yes. project as well? That's because been. our podcast does get listened to in other towns as well and, and yeah. I thought that that might be of interest to him Yeah, well, Refugees
0: Welcome uh, hashtag is, is a fantastic... It's one of our campaigns. Um, basically, we, we felt... That we had to, as an organisation, be part of um, the people in, in in Hastings who welcome refugees, mm. of which there are hundreds and hundreds. There's hundreds of local people who understand the plight of refugees and who welcome yeah. uh, refugees, and we felt that this narrative of welcoming refugees and showing empathy to refugees wasn't being represented locally. Mm. Um, So we thought it was really important to uh, work on a refugees welcome campaign, which celebrated this. Mm. Um, So every Thursday we share a social media card. We worked with a local artist called Sarah Harris Gomez. Mm -hmm. She, we invited her to to look at some of the frequently made statements about refugees and we invited her to create these beautiful social media accounts that she's created Uh, and we share these every Thursday and we invite everyone to share these with us every Thursday and this, we have found that this has been a really successful campaign and it's being shared nationally at the moment so we're really happy
1: that we've been leading on that campaign here in Hastings nationally. Brilliant And and they're still welcome to send in the content to welcome at uh their refugee buddy project that's right so the other element
0: of this is is that they um you can take a picture of yourself Mm -hmm. with the hashtag saying refugees hashtag refugees welcome and send that picture into um alex at
1: refugeebuddyproject.org. Brilliant. Well, thank you so much for your time. I know that we could have shouted this across the wall, we live so close <laughs> to each other, but I thought, no, let's be professional, let's do it by phone. Yeah, it. And, um, yeah, uh, keep safe. That's brilliant. Thanks a lot. Take care now. Bye. Bye. Brilliant, as I was saying, that's Rosanna there, uh, my neighbour, so we can see each other from our back gardens. Um, And getting out and about to immerse yourself in nature has been harder during the lockdown. But how about your garden and immediate surroundings? Here's Caroline Russell of the Friends of Hastings Country Park Nature Reserve uh, sharing what's going on in her back garden.
4: With the lockdown, we've been afforded a chance to strengthen our bond with nature Some of us have grabbed this opportunity with both hands. If you haven't already done so, gather up your old pair of binoculars and favourite bird book and keep them to hand on your windowsill. Maybe start a garden bird list. Bird watchers across the UK have been doing just that and revisiting where the love of birds first began, in the garden. As well as brushing up on your bird ID skills, now is also a great time to learn those bird songs that you are unfamiliar with. Don chorus is still sounding pretty darn good at the moment. Like many of you, I spend a small fortune on bird feed each year. I'd hate to tot it up, but I'm sure you'll all agree it's worth every penny for the simple everyday pleasure of watching the garden birds. My garden is awash with birds. It's all go, all the time, throughout the year. Goldfinch are the most frequent visitor. A small flock come and go throughout the day. I've counted over twenty-plus at times. Goldfinch bring the colour with their red faces and yellow wing bars. They're quite skittish, and at threats unknown to me, they take flight and bounce away, twittering to each other. They certainly know how to charm, which is their collective name. Chaffinch and Greenfinch also enjoy my hospitality. They arrive in drips and drabs of no more than four or five. Look out for the male Chaffinch, a bird with a pink face and chest, a grey cap and nape, and two white wing bars. His song is that of a fast cricket bowler, picking up pace before the ball is released to whistle through the air. Greenfinch are chunky, greenish looking birds with flashes of yellow in their wings and tail. In recent years, greenfinch were particularly hard hit by a nasty parasitic infection, but it's good to see that they are making a recovery. House sparrow visit the bird feeders in mostly twos or threes. A colony resides in my neighbour's thick viburnum bush. The chirping and chatting from that bush is loud and constant. I'm pleased to hear it as this bird species is on our high priority conservation list. This is somewhat surprising when you consider that the house sparrow has held the number one spot on the RSPB's Big Garden Birdwatch for the past 17 years. We'd love to hear how you are doing at bird watching and bird listening. What bird do you enjoy the most and why? Who's nesting in your garden? And what dramas are being played out in front of your eyes?
1: Some gluters have just vacated the box in my garden.
2: Well, well, that's the end of another one, John.
1: That's another one over.
2: No, number six, number six, number six. Was it number six? Number Well s- Or number seven? Well,
1: it was number six. It was
2: number six. Yeah, it's not. Next episode. It's not a number. It's a podcast. I'm not a number. And um, that's been currently that's currently on the radio, by the way. Didn't you? It? It's been it's drama- Is it? dramatized on Radio Four EX The Prisoner. Prisoner. Jolly fine. Worth checking out. But anyway, number six all behind us now. Now we'll just have to look forward to number seven. I wonder what will happen in the next two weeks, John.
1: Indeed. God, Indeed. We don't
2: want to tempt fate. I mean, Nay. it might be just a smoking husk,
1: Hastings, by then. Once again, of course, um, to the community, if you do have any news or information or music that you'd like to send in for a future hipcast, do send it in to our email address hipcast at hastingsindependentpress, all one word, dot co dot uk. And a uh, little piece of news that uh, Hastings Independent has been fortunate enough. Uh, to secure some funding, uh, which is going to mean that our paper-based newspaper should be relaunched uh, by the end of July, which is fantastic news. Um, of course, uh, the uh, the funding won't last forever, so if you could in any way support Hastings Independent. Press, which is, uh, as you may know, a completely volunteer-led community interest company. Um, Please do go to the Press.co.uk website, where you'll find a donation button. Uh, Please give what you can uh, to keep our volunteer service going.
2: Yeah, here, John, and to play us out, here's Pete Kirtley from his album Bush Telegraph, uh, featuring... Leanne Carroll, uh, Greg Lapard, and Steve Lamb, uh, and this is called "Don't Throw This Love Away." See you next time.
1: Tada! For now.